Blog Talk Radio. Chishni Amande Rasul, Allahi Allah. Bibi Amina Kepul, Allahi Allah. Allahi Allah, Bolo Allahi Allah. Bibi Amina Kepul, Allahi Allah. Jabke Sarkar Tashrif Lane Lage. Uro Hilma bi khushiya manane lage Har taraf noor ki roshni cha gayi Mustafa kya mile zindagi mil gayi Ehli ma teri god mein aage Dono alam ke rasool Allah hi Allah Chishni amande rasool Allahi Allah We're already dead We're already beaten down We've been beaten down for 400 years We already got the wounds Inside and outside our bodies How you gonna hurt us? You cannot threaten us You cannot frighten us We live in the most frightening places Under the most frightening conditions We are immune to fear We are immune to harm you see what I'm saying? You have stepped into a cesspool. You're the only one going to get infected. Now, I'm no Muslim, but I agree with some of the things they say regarding black people. And if Allah helps to make him a better man than Jesus can, then I'm all for it. What's the time saying, Mr. Butler? Whatever changes you have to Being a black man in America isn't easy. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Allah. He will I'm your host, Sifu listening to the Dean of the Show, the number one Islamic radio show in America, alhamdulillah. Before we begin, like always, we want to give praise to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and send salawat upon his Nabi, the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And alhamdulillah, nasta'inahu wa nasta'firuhu, wa na'udhu billahi min shuwi nfusana, wa min sari ahli ma'lana, mayyadihi lahu falah mazalana, wa min yukla falah hadiyana, before I begin, I'd like to say all praise belongs to the law. We seek his aid. We seek his refuge in the law from Shaitan and his minions. And we seek refuge in the law from the footprints of Shaitan that will lead us to law for help. And we ask the law to turn over to Allah to forgive us for our sins, our faults, and our errors. And whoever Allah guides, not to lead astray. And whoever Allah leads astray, not to guide. And I bear witness without any hesitation, any compulsion, that is no God but Allah. And I bear witness that the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah, the last Prophet and the Messenger. And I bet. Tonight's show. Alhamdulillah. Tonight's show 
We want to talk about righteous women. We want to talk about the importance importance of marrying righteous women. And we want to give some to see here of what one must do in order to acquire the status of a righteous woman, inshallah. Inshallah. So tonight's show is called A Righteous Woman Can Make a Poor Man Feel Like a King. We are at uh, in the time in 2017 where, you know, you have men looking for wives, wives looking for husbands. Alhamdulillah. And people are not sure what to look for. People are not sure what to do because a lot of us are shell-shocked. I mean, because of the relationships that we've been through previously. MashaAllah. But tonight we want to try to give some type of a see Both the end sort of what one must look for. And the right is right, inshallah. You know, the messenger of Allah, so I said him to he encouraged marrying women who are religiously committed. Stated in the Hadith, women, be, women may be married for four things. Their wealth, their lineage, their beauty, and their religious commitment. Choose the one who is religiously committed. May your hands be rubbed in dust. And this Hadith is narrated in Bukhari and Muslim. Adu Azim, Abadi said, may Allah be pleased with him, what is, me, what is meant is that a man who is religiously committed and, and of noble character should make religion his focus in all things, especially with regards to long-term matters. So the Messenger of Allah, said, finding a wife who is religiously committed, which is an ultimate goal, and may your hands be rubbed in dust, is urging him to strive hard and roll up his sleeves and seek what, that which is he enjoys. All our mobile with regard to the attributes of religious committed women, we may list many attributes which apply to women who are described as religiously committed. And there are several. Number one is sound iman. This is the most important attribute. The woman who is from Akhlesunah with Jamaat will have achieved the highest and most precious characteristics of religiously committed women. And the one who is a follower of bidah, innovation, and misguidance will not be one of the religiously committed women, whom the Muslim is encouraged to marry, because of the bad effect that she will have on her husband and the children or both. Number two, obedience to her husband and not going against him if he enjoys something that is right and permissible. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said that the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu said, which of women is best? He said, the one who makes her husband happy when he looks at her, obeys him when he tells her to do something and does not disobey him with regard to herself or her wealth in a way that displeases him or he dislikes. This is narrated by Nasai and classified as Sahih. The Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, mentioned together three important characteristics found in good, righteous women. They are, number one, when he looks at her, he is happy with regard to his religious committed, commitment, attitude, behavior, and appearance. Number two, when he, when he is away from her, she protects his honor and, her, and his wealth. Number three, if he tells her to do something, she obeys him so long as he does not tell her to commit sin. Moving on. Number three, 
Helping her husband and his faith and religious committed obligation to do acts of obedience and stopping him from doing harm or wrong. It was narrated that the Fabian said when there was revealed about the silver and the gold, what was revealed? They said, what kind of wealth should we acquire? Umar ibn al-Khattab said, I will find out. So he mounted his camel and he caught up with the messenger of Allah. And I was right behind him. He said, a messenger of Allah, وسلم, what kind of wealth should we acquire? He said, let one of you acquire a tongue. Let one of you acquire a thankful heart. A tongue that remembers Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and a believing wife who will help him with regard to his hereafter. Narrated, narrated in classes, Hassan by eternity. In another version, it says, who will help him with his faith. By Ibn Majid, classes Sahih, classified as Sahih. Al Mubarak Furi, may Allah be pleased with him, said, A believing wife who will help him with his faith means with his religious committed obligations by reminding him to pray, fast, and do other acts of worship, and will keep him far from committing zinah. Or other or, or, or any other harms of these. So Fat Awadi said number four, she should be a righteous woman, and amongst the attributes of the righteous woman is that she is obedient to our Lord and fulfills her husband's obligations with regard to his wealth and his and herself, even when he is absent. Allah says in the Quran, Therefore the righteous women are devoutly obedient to Allah and to their husbands. And guard in their absence what Allah orders them to guard, their chastity and their husband's property. Sheikh Abdul Rahman al-Sadi, may Allah be pleased with him, said, Therefore, the righteous women are devoutly obedient, means obedient to Allah. May he be exalted. Guard in her husband's absence means they are obedient to their husbands even in their absence. They guard themselves in their husband's wealth, seeking to help Allah in that because no one can do that by them, by himself or herself, for the self is inclined towards evil. Evil, but the one who puts in her trust in Allah, He will suffice him and help him in all his religious affairs. Tafsir Asadi. It was narrated that Saad ibn Abi Waqas said, "The Messenger of Allah, so I said, there are four things that are essential for happiness: a righteous wife, a spacious home." a good neighbor, and a sound means of transportation. If there are four things that makes one miserable, a bad neighbor, a bad wife, a small house, and a bad means of transportation. Narrated by Ibn Haban and Asahiyah, classified as Sahibah, Abani, and his Silsila. Sheikh of Islam and Batamian, may Allah be pleased with him, said a righteous wife will be with her husband, a righteous husband for many years. And she is the one who is meant in the hadith in which the Messenger of Allah said the world is a temporary convenience. And the best of the comforts is a believing wife. Who, when you look at her, she pleases you. If you tell her to do something, she obeys you. And if you are away from her, she protects you with regard to herself and your wealth. This is what the Messenger of Allah so Wasallam said in joining when the uh, Muhajirun asked, and which of the wealth should we acquire? He said, let one of you acquire a tongue 
that be members of law, a faithful heart, and a believing wife who will help her with regard to his hereafter. Narrated in Termity, mashallah. So from these hadiths that we are uh, reciting and giving a clear understanding, and that the believing man take looking for his wife as a serious endeavor because your wife can be your paradise or your hellfire. And what I mean by that is that when you have a wife who's a good Muslimah, she's a righteous Muslimah, she helps you when you are lackadaisical. She helps you when you are, your man is low. She helps you when you forget. She wakes you up for fudges. She reminds you to keep you, your duty to Allah to fit on Allah. She reminds you to do things, and she does it in a way where you will want to do it. But if you marry a wife that is not righteous and she's wicked and a bad character, when you fall off, she's not going to remind you. When your amen gets low, she's not going to inspire you. When you want to follow the footprints of Shaitan, she's going to write, she's going to be right behind you. So it's very important to make that you marry because they can contribute to your hellfire or contribute to your path in paradise. Very simple. The Messenger of Allah says that that the best source of benefit in this entire dunya is the righteous Muslimah. So that should tell you something that is important when you're looking for a wife that you find someone who don't just necessarily have beauty, who don't just have a nice body, just sounds the part and looks the part, are one who has taqwa, fear of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, and one who has good deeds. This is the key ingredient to becoming a happy husband in a happy household. Because a righteous wife is someone that Allah subhanahu ta'ala will answer her du'a, answer her supplication. So therefore, when she makes supplication for the household, you both will benefit from that. Someone who, when you're not around, she is loyal to you. Why? Because she fears Allah subhanahu ta'ala. And she obeys you. Why? Because she obeys Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Allah is the one who told and commanded the wife to obey her husband. Allah says in the Quran, he says that a righteous wife is devoutly obedient. The word is devoutly obedient to Allah and her husband. That means she is she is she is focused on obeying Allah and obeying her husband. That's what devoutly means. She is focused. She's focused. She's she's concentrating on obeying her husband, obeying Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Those are one and the same. Because Allah subhanahu ta'ala says a righteous wife is devoutly obedient to Allah. He mentioned himself, then he said her husband. He tied the two, two as one. When you obey Allah, you obey your husband. When you obey your husband, you obey Allah subhanahu ta'ala. When you disobey your husband, you are disobeying Allah because Allah subhanahu ta'ala is the one who told you and commanded you to obey your husband. But what do we have in 2017? We have women who are disobedient. They are disobedient to their husbands. They are disobedient to Allah subhanahu ta'ala. And this has to change. Why do I have to change? 
Because in order for our life when it's supposed to be complete and filled with joy and happiness, duration on both sides, the wife has to do what she has to do as the wife, and the husband has to do what he has to do as the husband. Other than that, there will never be no satisfaction on this earth. There will never be entertainment and joy on this earth. There will never be tranquility on this earth between husband and wife because both of us have to do our part. We have to do our jobs. And this is the reality to it. And if we're not righteous, then we need to learn how to get righteous. This is the reality to it. If we're not righteous as wives and husbands, then we need to learn how to get righteous as wives and husbands because it's very important in the uh, the, the, the religion of Islam being deficient on this earth. MashaAllah. Because far too often, we glorify ignorance and we glorify bad behavior. We glorify it. We are happy with it. We are pleased with it. But the reality to it is that your wife is the one who's going to be the first teacher to your children. Your wife is going to be the one that, if you are down on your iman and you miss a lot of fudges, she can be a co-contributor of you entering the hellfire or she can be the lifesaver that helps you get to tender. Simple. It's very simple. And we have to understand this. We have to understand that happiness is not, it don't mean that, you know, everything is flowing smoothly. That's not happiness. Happiness is being content with the life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you and the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what we have to understand. Because a righteous wife, when a husband Let's say he loses his job. Because this is a reality to living here in the West. You can lose your job because the company might go under, and he's out of work for maybe a month or two. And he's looking diligently through the earth to try to find means of of wealth, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed that he will get his wealth at a certain time and a certain destination. A righteous wife is someone who is patient with her husband, and she encourages him not to give up. She encouraged him to be focused on his obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and never give up, never lose sight of the, the goal. Because Allah said in the Quran, verily with every difficulty there is relief. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's saying this because he's letting you know, letting us know that it's never, it's never night all the time. The sun will rise again. Things will get better. But are you patient enough? Are you is your email strong enough to weather the storm? Remember the side remember the, the song when it says, Can you stand the rain? The song is a metaphor that when it's a sunny day, we all enjoy sunny days. I never heard anyone on this earth complain about a sunny day. I can't believe that there's no clouds in the sky and it's good weather out here. Man, I hate good weather. I never heard that. Ever. But you hear people complain about the rain. I hate the rain. I can't stand the rain. So the the, the song is about when things start to get rough, when the weather starts to change, can you withstand this weather, this fitness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to bring upon us? Can you withstand it? Because it's, 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 
easy to be husband and wife when everything is going good and money's flowing. That's the that's the easiest job in the world. But can you be husband and wife when things are not going so good? Can you be husband and wife when people are telling you things about your wife or telling you things about your husband that you shouldn't be listening to in the first place because it's backbiting and you should let no one slander your husband, let no one slander your wife. So now they're putting doubt in your mind. So now you're doubting whether your husband is faithful or your wife is faithful. And the reality to it is this, brothers and sisters. This is the reality to it. I swear by law, this is the reality to it. When you are happy in a marriage, right, when you're happy in a marriage and you are totally oblivious to something that your husband or your wife is doing, you're happy and you don't know. When you go snooping through things, when you are suspicious of things instead of giving the benefit of the doubt, and you find what you are looking for during your marriage, and when you lose them, ultimately, because you are suspicious forever now, and you think about what I didn't know, what I was ignorant of, what I was looking for, I was happy. Life was good. But now that we're not together no more, I'm miserable. I'm miserable because I did something that I wasn't supposed to be doing in the first place, which is snooping and not giving the benefit of the doubt. So we don't understand that when it comes to marriage and your wife and you are happy, there are shaitans out there in the world that is trying to destroy you. That's their whole job. The messenger of Allah said in the authentic hadith, he said that Shaitan has ascended his throne over the ocean. And he sent his minions, his workers, into the world to cause disruption. disruption. And they will come back one by one with different sickness that they cause amongst the Ummah. But one will come and say, I did not stop so I got the husband to divorce his wife. And he says, at this moment, this is where Shaitan will rise up and take his crown off his head and put on his and put on the subject here and say, you are from me. Why? Because it's a law to come to the island who says amongst his times is good that he created for you, mate, from amongst yourselves, and he put love and mercy in your heart so that you may live with one another in tranquility. That is his times for those who know, those who have knowledge. So when you're happy, when you're at your happiest on earth, it's because you got a wife and a family and you have success. But when someone comes along and tells you something about your spouse backbiting and slandering them, and the fact that you allowed it, now you are suspicious, now you're snooping, now you find things that you wish you didn't find, but when you was happy and ignorant, you could have went down, everything could have been fine. Everything could have been fine. We, we, no one is perfect. No one is above committing sins and haram actions. But there is a criteria that we must find, that we must go through in order to uh, achieve this. For an example, in the slander of Aisha, Allah Madala has put down some mandated principles that we must have in order to accuse someone of adultery. He says, number one, you must have four witnesses. Four witnesses. And 
they all had to see penetration. And if you don't have that, the law says obviously reject the evidence. Reject the evidence. Now, if the husband's seen the wife cheating with his own eyes, that's different. And he is to go to the clergy, and he needs to swear by a law four times that he's seen his wife committing Zenith. And if he do it, then the marriage is automatically annulled, and they can never be married again. Because, obviously, if he's going to say, well, law, he all in time, and he's lying, then he's insane. And if he's mean what he's saying, because he, 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 he know what he saw, and he'd be said, then the marriage is automatically annulled. They automatically divorce. Simple as that. But the reality, too, what I'm saying is that happiness can be because you're off, because you are following the sooner. You're not being suspicious. You are given the benefit of the doubt. Happiness comes with that as well. Because you can't be happy if you're not going to apply to Anasuna because to Anasuna applies with happiness. This is very simple. This is what we don't understand. This is what we don't get. It don't register that you cannot be happy without following to Anasuna. If a husband and wife is going to get on Facebook, then they can't be insane with it. Well, who is this sister like in your picture? Who is this brother comment on your picture? Like, it's insane. It's either this, brothers and sisters. And I want you to really think about this when I say this. It's either you trust your wife or your husband or you don't. If he's going to cheat on you, do you really think he's going to Facebook to cheat on you? If she's the type of wife that's going out there committing adultery and that, do you think that she needs Facebook to do it? So it's either you trust her or you don't. And if you trust her, then you can't be insane. Why would you want to be with somebody that you don't trust, first of all? Because I got to get up and every day I have to go to work. If I don't trust my wife, every day I go to work, I'm going to be miserable because I'm thinking she's doing something wrong. Every day. So if you if you don't trust your wife, I advise you to either separate from her or you have to trust her and trust your husband until they get a reason not to. Simple as that. Happiness comes with following her and assume her. Marry righteous women. That is the key. That is the start. That is the, the basic fundamental principles of being happy that you have to marry someone who is upon her and the who is following her and the who is going to help you get to Jinnah with her and the who is going to inspire you to, to be a better human being, to be a better person. Simple as that. See, the reality to it is I see happiness amongst the Muslim Ummah in all forms, shapes, and sizes. I think people who didn't have a lot of money but were married and happy. Married and happy. I can give you incidents of a, a Muslim wife and a Muslim husband and children that was living outside in Love Park a few years ago. They all were together inside of a box, yet they were married and they were happy. They may not have a lot. And you can't criticize someone from not having if the law don't give it to them. Because the law already decreed in the womb if they're going to be rich or poor and how long they're going to be rich and how long they're going to be poor. So if you criticize a brother for living in Love Park in the, in the box with his family, at least they're together, then you have to criticize the messenger of Allah, so that's tell him, who said 
that when he complained to the angel to bro that me and my wife haven't eaten in three days. Was he a bad Muslim? No. Allah supposed to see that he would be poor so he can live like the people who he's following or leading. We think a brother is a bad brother because maybe he's on hard times, so now he's bad. He's not a good Muslim brother. We all have we all have to understand that if Allah supposed to honor them and bless you with wealth, you will be in that same predicament. You will be in that same circumstance. But the fact that you're not in the same circumstance, maybe Allah has indulged you with, with, with uh, favors, with nitma, then you should be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you should help your brother out because you have it and he don't. But instead of helping him out, you rather criticize him. Criticize his family again. Stay together. Stay together. And obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved him because Allah helped him. He took him from Love Park by the means of Christians and put him in a home. That is the creed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is not the Christians. That is the creed by because the Muslims weren't helping, obviously. So Allah sent Christians who were non-Muslims to help him. This is the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then when the, when the Christians helped him, now the Muslims want to come along and they act like they want to do something. But the reality to it is if you love your brother, then you would know the circumstances he's in. You would know the condition he's in because you love your brother. Righteousness. You could be a righteous poor person. It's very easy to be righteous and poor. The messenger of the law, he used to give away all of his wealth before he went to sleep. All of us, all of his wealth before he went to sleep, he gave away. One time, a sahaba, one time a sahaba commented on a shirt with the Messenger of Allah. Yeah, it was a beautiful shirt. The Messenger of Allah said, I sent him one home and gave the shirt to the sahaba. The rest of the sahabas were upset because it was like you know what type of person he is. You know that if you like something that he might have, he's going to give it to you because he wasn't attached to the dunya. Us, we put our best clothes in the deepest closet and we let nobody hold anything. If we give anything away, it's because it's rags and we don't want it. That's the type of person we are. Because we don't love for our brothers what we love for ourselves. We have to change. We have to change who we are from inside to out. Because I'm telling you right now, we're living in a world where our very humanity is very, being stripped from us. You have little boys and little girls who are confused about the identity. You have little boys and girls who don't want to be identified as a male. She don't want to be identified as a female. Gender completely out of the equation and let a person be whatever it is he want to be. You know, Facebook have over 50 denominations of genders. 50 is like, I thought male and female was the only two genders you could come across, but over 50 because people are losing touch with humanity. At least a dog knows he's a dog. And a male dog knows he's a male dog. That never changes in the animal kingdom. But only human beings have this audacity to lose our minds to forget who we are. I don't want to, you know, you have human beings walking around that I feel like I'm a man trapped in a female's body. Or I feel like I'm a female trapped in a man's body. 
as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make mistakes. See, the reality, too, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't hold a human being accountable for what he thinks. And when his ayat was revealed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not hold the human beings accountable for what you think, then the sahabas, were, was, they was joyous. Because from time to time you think evil things. This is part of being a human being. So you can think that you are a female trapped in a man's body. The moment you act upon that, that's when the transgression becomes into a sin. You have people, see, this is why we can't use Quran as sooner when it comes to giving Dalil or proof on homosexuality and transvestites and things like this because in the time of the messenger of Allah, it was unheard of for a man to walk up to the messenger of Allah and say that I, I chopped my penis off and I replaced it with a vagina. Here I am, O messenger of Allah. I'm a transvestite. That was unheard of. There is no hadith or no Quranic ayat to apply with that because it's unheard of. It's unheard of for a man to have children turn 50 years old and decide that he don't want to be a, a, a man no more, that he want to be a female, that he want to change his name into a female, he want to start wearing female clothes, yet he still has the penis and he's, he's just a transvestite or he's a, a queer or he's a lesbian or a fesbian. It's, it's, it's unheard of. You know, there's no hadith that can give you answers to this type of thing. They were only homosexual acts in the time of the Messenger of Allah. Men sleeping with men, women sleeping with women. In our time, there are things that you can't find an ayah or a Quranic hadith for. You can't find it. There's not a possible in the world that can tell you that a sex change is haram because there was not, there's nothing to, to get it from. Even though we know sex that is haram. See, this is what we don't understand. We are, we are in the world of confusion, that this world that we live in now are boggling the minds of some of our elite scholars because they've never seen anything like this. They've never seen little kids that get emancipated from their fathers and their mothers and they no longer have rights over them at the age of 14. You, you can't tell me what to do because the, the, the government has emancipated me and said I'm a free human being, that I no longer have to obey my mother and my father. This is unheard of in the time of the Messenger of Allah, so that's unheard of. But we are living in times of sickness. And the best thing you can find in times of sickness is a righteous Muslim to hold on to. Simple as that, because she is undoubtedly a, a, a stranger in this day and age. She may wear all black. She may wear all blue. She may cover her face with the niqab. She may uncover and wear just the oval garment and the, and the, and the kimar. Yet she comes through winter, fall, and summer. Winter, fall, and summer. And this is why we should be easy on our Muslims because when they, a man, falls and rises and fluctuates, we see it in their dress code. She started removing certain parts of her hijab. 
But when the man with the full beard and the pants above his ankles, when his E-man falls, we don't see it because he still got the beard. Sure, he may be in a nightclub party and throw money at strippers, but we don't we don't go to nightclubs, so we don't see it. We only hope that he's falling and he's righteous when he go home. This is the reality to it. <clears throat> righteousness, righteousness, thing. This is the gold. This is the preciousness of this day and age, and has always been something as invaluable as the righteous Muslim. And when you find a righteous Muslim, I guarantee you, you will know. You will understand. And you don't want to uh, lose and bear the separation from that person. This is what we have to understand. This is what we have to recognize. Just marrying anybody, anything, is not going to be happiness. That's temporary satisfaction because you're following your mess. If you marry your wife and you found her in a strip club, you have to ask yourself, how righteous can she be? I'm not saying a human being can't change and repent. I'm saying this is where you found her. How righteous can you be? If this is where you found her, how fortunate do you think your marriage is going to be? That's the question. See, we have to go on statistics. This is why we judge, right? If a brother is at a ministry and he reads the own, he reads the sooner, he, and a man knows him, and if you ask about his character and the people in the ministry give him good, a good, uh, good character, good recommendation, it might not be right, but the chances are it is right compared to a brother that you may be in the nightclub with a full beard to tell you that he's following for and as soon as he's in the club. Or a brother who's in and out of prison. He can't stop selling drugs. He can't stop shooting people. He can't stop being a public menace. Righteous people are known to be in certain circles. Righteous people are known to do certain things. They're known to remember our loss of penalty island. They're known to focus on following the son of the messenger of the law for that sin. Righteous people, hearts don't fluctuate. So we have to recognize that if we want someone to righteous, we can't pick our names from certain places. I've never seen a person that is Muslim go outside and get their garbage out of the trash can and say, this is what I'm going to eat. You can do that. You may even find a good rap host. You may find a hoagie that's halfway eaten in his mouth. Well, what are the eyes that you're going to find something that's not contaminated, that's not nasty? What are the eyes? What are the eyes that go to the first grocer or the halal market in the halal section and getting something from the halal section? And you may get something that's bad, but what are the eyes that you're going to get something that's bad from the, from the, from the grocery store? It's pretty like you can find bad food in the in the, in the market. You can. That's that's just, it's a chance. It's not a hundred percent. This is this is the earth, and everything is not perfect. Only law is perfect. But the high, the probability of finding something that's not corrupt is good. But if you dig in the trash can, the probability of finding something that is corrupt is high. That's just life. You have to go off the, the statistics. 
Sure, you can go to a nightclub, find a mate, find go into a strip club, find a wife, and she can be the best wife for you. Sure, right? That's possible. No one said it's not. But what are the statistics? Like, do you want, when you walk down the street with your wife, did the men in the neighborhood have seen your wife naked? They whispering, yeah, I seen her. She got a nice turkey. But your wife. So you wind up getting into fights every other day because someone is like, this is reality that you have to understand what I'm explaining to you. It's about what are you looking for. This is always about. But I have Iman Hanif on the line, inshallah. I wanted to have him to come on yesterday, but I didn't see him. Mashallah, he's on now. Salaam alaikum. Arrasim, inshallah, he'll be the top of Iman Hanif. Alhamdulillah, how's your fans going? Alhamdulillah, you know. 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 The righteous women, the righteous men, and you know where we can find them at. So that's, that's what we're talking about tonight, for sure. Right. Uh, I mean, this topic is always important. I mean, because ultimately you're talking about marriage and family unit, the family structure. I mean, because that's what that's what it leads to. That's the purpose behind it, and uh, it's, it's very important. It's actually. According to you know the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, you know it's, it's half of the religion. This is deen. It's half of it. Just just to express the importance of it, and um, because not only as Muslims do we offer service through our worship, but we also you know we're only going to be here for so long. You know we only have a limited amount of time that we're going to live on this earth. So the children represent what we pass on. And we know that what we pass on, if it's Islam, if it's what uh, benefits people in terms of drawing them nearer to Allah, in other words, producing more righteous people than, than bad people, quote unquote, for lack of a better word, then the, one of the major ways we can do that is through our children. Having children, because children are people that we can influence from the time they're born all the way to, you know, their their their, their death. Children we can influence. So, I mean, a big part of that is choosing a spouse, if you're thinking that far. The problem, one of the problems, one of the major problems, is I don't think we do think that far when it comes to getting married, having a spouse. Like, there really isn't uh, a lot of planning that goes into it, if, if any at all. And this is because we as people, this the brothers and the sisters here, but I'm more familiar with brothers because I'm a man. Marriage pretty much, for the most part, is serving the purpose of lawful sex. It's the purpose of it. Now, we can debate all day whether or not this is a good thing or not. 
and I'm not here to answer that question. I'm not saying that marrying in order to not fornicate is bad, and I'm not saying that it's good. But what I am saying is it definitely gives you a clue or it, 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 it tells you what level you're on. Different people are at different levels. When we talk about marriage throughout its history, it has served many different purposes. Its primary purpose, sure, is to have someone that you're going to uh, have relations with because the way our bodies were made, our bodies have these needs and so on. All right, so it's going to act it out uh, at some point. So that is, has always been one thing. But marriage also has other has other implications. When you marry uh, a woman, you're not only marrying that woman to create a family, but you're marrying into her family, which creates a bigger family. And traditionally, the way the way it was done. So people in the past, oftentimes, like the aristocrats, who were like the people that ran the country or the most noble people in the country, whether it's they're part of, like, the ruling family, or if they're just a rich person, you know, a person with a lot of resources in a particular country, oftentimes they would marry as a means to gain more power, to gain more influence, all right? So if a person is a king, he's typically not going to marry his daughter or son to someone that isn't royalty, that isn't a king or whatever, because what's the purpose Typically what happened is the king will marry his daughter off to another king's son, so on. So if I'm the king of England, I'm going to marry my daughter off to the king of Spain, so that way now we have a bigger empire. We have more power, more influence, things like that. People would marry in order to uh, build what you call power couples, all right, different different things like that. So all these things came uh, into play when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had said that you know men, are, you know women are married for four reasons, and he gave us you know beauty, uh, wealth, prestige, and religion. And then he pretty much praised those who marry for religion. He said that's in the face for the one who doesn't marry for religion. All right, showing the superiority of that. But women are married for other reasons. What I'm looking to see happen in our lifetime, in our community, is that marriage become something that's done for more than just avoiding fornication or adultery, which is very difficult to do because we're in a very hyper-sexualized society where sexual images are constantly be thrown, constantly are constantly thrown at us, whether it's billboards whether it's television, whether it's the internet, whatever, what have you. We know where we are. We know what we go through. It's a very hyper-sexualized society. So it become, it's very difficult to not uh, act that out. And uh, alhamdulillah, at least for those, I would say, who become Muslim, I think we... With all our bad numbers, with all of our falling short, I think for the most part, out of all of the communities I know about, we're the most conscious of that. We are probably the ones who at least will get married. 
like I mean, you talking about the African American community, women who are just in their twenties and thirties, they're not Muslim. Like I think their chances of just finding a husband or getting married are slim, slimmer. Then at least with Muslims, for the most part, getting married is is a popular thing. And it doesn't take a whole lot. Uh, you're not expected to have, uh, you know, three houses already and and hundred thousand dollars a year, things like that. So for from that standpoint, I think we're a little bit better than the uh, the greater African American community for for that for that matter, or even the greater community in the United States for for that matter, because it isn't just an African American thing. But that's just the community I'm most familiar with. So I, that's my frame of reference pretty much for, for everything communal. Now, um, what I would like to see is that marriage becomes something that we look at as uh, part of our greater plans and goals in life and greater, you know, uh, goals that we want to achieve. The marriage just becomes a part of it because when that happens, then you will be more um, selective, okay? I'm not going to marry a woman who I don't think is religious because I want religious children, for example. It's likely she'll going to get, she will have children. I'm not going to marry a woman who's like this or sisters, not going to marry the guy who, you know, is a drug dealer even though he's Muslim because, well, I know that, that drug dealing really isn't a long-term plan. You know, he'll probably end up in jail and I'll end up single, things like that. But when it's just, okay, we got to avoid, we got to hurry up, avoid there because I feel like we're going to do something, that, that's, I, in my opinion, the level where we're at. And because of that, um, a lot of hasty decisions are made. Uh, protocol isn't being followed. And when I mean protocol, I mean the proper channels through which marriage is attained uh, through guardians, uh, or that, you know, sisters having guardians and proper communication between the guardian and the prospective groom and all of these types of things uh, being violated. These are the problems I think we're having and it's leading to much of uh, the, the issues that we have here. Uh, but even beyond that, I think uh, there has to be a lot of a lot of us, man, need to get more, be more educated when it comes to the opposite sex. Uh, and I think a big part of the, this comes, this need comes about, because, I mean, let's face it, throughout history, I mean, you didn't really have the need for that. You know, everything now, like, if you need a class for this, you need a class for that. Whereas the reality is people were being getting married since the time of our father Adam, thousands of years, all the way up until now. And men and women had to figure out how to get along. Um, you've had some men that are good with women, some women that are good with men. You've had all of that. Uh, but it seems like now... You know, there's all these concepts of uh, women are from Venus, men are from Mars, etc. And um, a lot of problems are coming about because one sex ain't, ain't familiar with the opposite sex, etc. Now, um, I do think that this has to be, uh, an edu- you know, some there has to be more education on this because, in, in my opinion, um, 
and and uh, you know I've, I've I'm familiar with marriage. I've been married for a while now myself. Uh, so from personal experience and also from dealing with other marriages, uh, Muslims, I, I mean, I've done everything from marriage uh, counseling to, to premarital classes on Islamic marriage law, all these different things, coupled with my own experience. Um, boy, there, I believe the major component that two people need to matching beyond physical attraction, beyond economic uh, compatibility or whatever, is temperament. Temperament. I believe temperament is very important. And uh, I believe temperaments either have to match or they have to be compatible or complementary. Right? When I say compa- complementary, that means one to, you can have a situation where a woman and a man are opposite in their personality, but it works out. Uh, so when we say compatible, we mean compatible like, okay, uh, we, could be, we could be the same. It's more like we could be the same. Like, okay, I like sports, she likes sports. Okay, because we both like sports, that's called, you know, this is compatible. Right? But it isn't necessary to be compatible. It's compatible, and there's also complementary. Complimentary is, okay, um, he is, uh, he could be a person that, uh, he has a hot temper, tem- temperament. Could be what they call a uh, uh, hot temperament. And she could be what you call a cooling temperament. Like, she, he gets hot quick, she doesn't. They can still work out because, although he gets angry, she keeps cool. And this balances them out. Yeah, his anger can never really get too bad because she keeps so cool that it rubs off on him. Or it could be opposite. It could be a woman that's very hot tempered and a man is very mild mannered. And because of that, they 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 they're uh, complementary, or or, comp- or they're complementary. What you can have: hot tempered woman, hot tempered man. <laughs> right. Neither one of them can control their. Their, um, you know, their temperament. Neither one can control the temper. Uh, neither one of them has patience. This is when you have, uh, you know, abusive relationships and uh, and the like. Right. So what I would like to do maybe is in the future go over the different temperaments. You know, uh, and this is something that Muslims actually studied. If you get a um, the book, the Medicine of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Uh, there's one that's written by Imam Siyuti. There's also one by Ibn Josie. And then some other uh, late Latter-day um, scholars have written on this as well. But there's, there's four different temperaments. You know, you, you got the hot temperament. You have the, you have the cool temperament. And then you also have, like, uh, wet. You have, you have wet, dry, hot, cold. All right? Now, what he, what he was saying was that everyone falls into one of these type of temperaments. Some people are just very, you know, hyper, hyperactive or whatever. They're considered, like, hot. But you have some people that are cool. You know, they're, they're very just, uh, uh, they're very much the opposite of that, laid back. Uh, they don't, they're not about much. Uh, they, things are they're pretty easy going. And uh, then you have, then you have the dry and you have um, 
like 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 wet. All right, and then it goes into people's personalities. It goes into their like their body characteristics, all these types of different types of things. And but the thing that he mentioned you to you said is that most people lean towards one or the other. He said, but the, the, the but the greatest of all mankind. He talked about the prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Said the prophet isn't characterized by any of those characteristics. What he is is he's the balance between all of them. And um, when people are uh, are most balanced, the balanced type, like how he is, can pretty much get along with anyone, right? So it's very important to, that we know our uh, our temperaments. And other people are balanced too. Not every, not just you know the prophet sallallahu but he definitely was the most balanced of all balanced. But people are either one of these type of things, or they can they can combine two of the characteristics and not be two of the other, so on and, and so forth. And I think this is very important when uh, finding a mate as well. Because I know, um, like, you can have a situation where uh, in, a, in a particular marriage, two people were together for a long time. And it isn't because, okay, this person is just, just because he's been married to a woman for 20 years, it doesn't mean he's necessarily good with women. Just because that woman has been married to a man for 20 years doesn't necessarily mean she's good with men. Because that same man, he'll go and marry, you know, another woman, and it don't last two years. And it's not because, okay, this person is so good and this person is so bad. So I want us to, like, not think that's always the case. But it's like these two people just don't match, you know, oftentimes. And this is beyond Dean-wise. I mean, when we go into, you know, a person being serious about Dean, having faith, that's a whole nother can of worms. That isn't that simple. I'm talking about just basic, simple temperament. And uh, can two people, you know, just be alone together without driving the other one crazy? You know, that's, that's what I mean by uh, by, by temperaments. Uh, but it's very true a lot of what Sifah can say. I like I like the, the second some of that, uh, that, you know, the importance of a righteous Muslim. But it also goes for righteous man, too. Because I, I am of the opinion that um, much of the uh, attack on, like, the family structure that's going on in this day and age, where you have these leaderless houses, you know, where the husband ain't really the leader or the wife ain't really the leader. You know, it's just, okay, we're just equal in the household. Um, and, and all these different types of structures whether it's that, whether it's the worst, which is um, people believing that two women can be together and make up a household, two men can be together and make up a household. I'm of the belief that all these things are happening because men in general aren't doing their job. Just men in general aren't doing their job. And um, I'm more so one who puts most of the pressure on men than I do on women. And um, some people agree with that, some people don't. But I believe, like, if men do their job to the letter, like what like they're supposed to do, everything else falls in line. Like, I'm, I'm just of the, of the belief that everything else falls in line. That women typically are, are, are a challenge for, for us, there's no doubt about it. But there's a certain type of man... That if a woman, a man carries himself in a certain way, a woman has no choice but to kind of like, I submit for lack of a better word. 
and just trying to comply. It's just like she's just not gonna you're not gonna be married to Malcolm X, for example. He's just not respected. It just, it just doesn't happen. Like you're not gonna be married to like the Prophet Sallallahu and not respected. Right. So I believe a lot of it has to do with okay, um the husband not really carrying himself in a, a certain way. I think it has to do with fathers didn't raise the children properly. A lot of a lot of that. A lot of that. Um, but I wanted to open this discussion up, honestly. You know, if anyone has any opinions on these types of things, I don't like to get up here and just do all this lecturing. I like a nice back and forth show. You know, we have callers, you know, uh, see so if a hot chime in, you know, what I'm saying. If I'm saying something crazy, you know, just jump right in, you know, and, 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 um, here. But everyone you should know the caller number is nine one seven eight eight nine two six one nine nine one seven eight eight nine two six one nine ain't over doing ya okay hello no I'm here show up my show up so is but um I'm doing that. Uh, if you have a question or comment, hit the number one of your phone, and we we'll answer your question. Get to your comment, inshallah. And then please, Allah, set the honor. The topic of the section tonight is uh, a righteous Muslima uh, will make a poor man feel like a king. So the the, the, the basic question of the topic is is righteousness. And Imam Hamid is giving a beautiful uh, lecture. And a, and a lot of valid points on righteousness, you know. But if we want to be Muslims and survive in America, then we have to be honest with ourselves and honest with each other. This is this is the reality too. Other than that, then we're not going to be successful in this dunya, and we're not going to be successful in the hereafter. Why? Why won't we be successful? It says, in order to be successful in this dunya, to, like, come to grip with reality, certain realities, we have to come to grip. Simple as that. We have to come to grip with certain things that we may not want to face, you know. That sometimes, though, I might be a backbiter, and I have to come to to grips with that, and I have to learn how to stop backbiting. Simple as that. Some people don't want to admit these things about themselves. But the reality, too, is you won't get better unless you come to the common, the, the, the reality that something wrong. Certain women like certain type of men. You know, that's just the reality to a certain. Uh, our women don't like family men. You know, they have this complex of what you want to call, uh, I want a, a cake and eat it, too. I want a thug. But I want a thug that don't hit women. I want a thug with a nice car, but I want a thug with a nice car that, you know, he don't sell drugs. So I want a thug with tattoos. But these lifestyles, this lifestyle comes with certain things. This is the reality to it because certain Muslim family men don't do certain things. Certain Muslims who are family men don't go to certain places. They don't say certain things. They don't act a certain way. In our society, 
a person's swag is more important than what's in his heart. It's more important than what he has to say about a lot of his messages. It's more important than what he has to offer you as a, a, a righteous Muslim. The message of the law says that if you practice the five pillars of Islam, right, you practice the five pillars of Islam, and you add one more ingredient to that, you obey your husband. He says he guarantee you paradise. For whatever gate you would like to answer, enter. Any gate of paradise you want to enter, he guarantee you that if you practice the five pillars of Islam, on top of that, obey your husband. The reality to it is that can you be obedient to your husband? Can you obey your husband? Can you do that? Are you the certain type of sister that can obey her husband? That's the question. Or are you the sister that say, I got problems with you know, obedience? So if you got problems with obedience, then you got problems with the very core thing that's going to help you and propel you to paradise. MashaAllah. This is the reality to it. So if you say that I can't be submissive or I got problems with obeying, then you say you have problems with being a person that's trying to get the Jinnah. Because the ingredient to that is practice the five pillars and obey your husband. Very simple. It's very simple. And you obey your husband for the simple fact that you want to go to dinner. That's why you're doing it, for no other reason. So you don't have to mean something to do something. Actions is the most important thing. If your husband asks you to do something and you do it, but you don't want to do it, but you still do it, you still get credit for doing it. No one says I have to like being obedient. As long as I do it. That's just the reality to it. As Muslims, we are commanded to follow the book in the, in the Sunnah. Like we don't have to, uh, the highest, the highest amongst us is the one who Allah says that when the commandment is given, they don't have any ill feelings about what they're doing, about obeying you and making you the, the king and the leader and the uh, the one who's the, the, the leader of all of their fears. That's the one. So, they won't be a true believer until we do that. But if you follow the Quran as soon as begrudgingly, like, man, you do it, but you don't like it, you still get credit for it. Because you keep doing it until you break your nest, until your nest is compliant with what Allah is messenger wants. Because Allah says that we won't be true believers until when the messenger of Allah becomes the, 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 the one who is superior in our decision-making. That when our decision is with a message of the law works for us, without no ill feelings inside, that's when we become true believers. But until then, we're fighting. We're struggling. That's the nature of the beast. Ramadan is not easy. You, you struggle, you strike, you're fighting, and you're struggling to try not to eat. You try not to break that. No one just go through a whole day of Ramadan, alhamdulillah, and just, no, you be tempted. That's the that's the that's the key. What are you gonna do when you are tempted, when you're alone, no one else is around? There's no one else there, nobody gonna know. But you know Allah knows but you don't eat. Very simple. We are in the we are in a in a, in a time in this in this in this day in life that we are at a crossroads. We are in a critical condition as far as the being 
far as the marital status, you know, because 50% of all Muslims end up in divorce. This is what the statistics show. 50% of all Muslim couples end up in divorce. And the, and the Muslim who get married a second time, over 70% of them end up in divorce. And the statistics keep going down and down. And people get in divorce not because we bad Muslims or we bad brothers. That's not the case in, in, in the majority of the cases. I like to think that people get into a marriage and they try to make it last. They, they get into a marriage with the intention that this is going to be forever. But we come into the marriage with so much baggage. Each other, I mean, so much baggage and lack of knowledge that we don't know how to deal with the issues. See, we come from a Kufar point of view. We was not Muslims. We was boyfriend and girlfriend. Our girlfriend pisses off. We quit them. We leave them, and it was nothing. And we've been doing it for so long, it affected us. When we became Muslim, we didn't learn how to be a good Muslim or learn how to be a good wife or learn how to be a good husband. This is why, inshallah, we're going to try to uh, put together some workshops. Like uh, sisters at the age of 10 can start learning how to cook, start learning how to be a good wife at at a very young age because if you go to Africa, this is what they do. They teach their daughters how to be wives at a young age. All of Africans learn how to cook. They learn how to be submissive. They learn how to be good wives. And father wants them out of the house so he don't have another mouth to feed because a lot of Africans are poor. So he wants to push them to try to get married to a husband so he can be taking care of her, and that can be his responsibility. And in Africa, it's very it's seen as disrespect of the husband sending the wife back home to live with the father because of her disability. That's a great kind of disrespect for the family. What are you doing? So we have to start teaching our youth at the age of 10 to how to be good wives and good cooks and, 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 and how to be submissive to their husband. This is, this is the problem. A lot of us, we didn't grow up being good fathers or good providers or good husbands or good wives. So we, we basically learn it on a job. That's why it takes two or three times to get it right because we don't know what the hell we're doing. We don't. This is the reality to it. I grew up with all boys. I didn't grow up with any females in my household other than my only. So as as boys, we was like, we was filthy animals. And we were. We would always take our coats off and put it on a couch, take our shoes off and throw it all over the face. I had to learn how to be... Uh, respectful of the spaces in the house when I got married. This is, I'm being honest with you because I had to learn. I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. So when we young men, we can teach our young men how to be good uh, providers, how to be um, good men, how, how to be responsible. This is very important because a lot of men are not responsible, so they don't have no responsibility. So when they get married, and the boss pisses them off, they don't swallow their tongue. They quit. He's not thinking the fact that he has a, a wife that he has to feed, a children that he has to feed. He don't think like that because he's not responsible. He don't. He never had a responsibility to uh, of, 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 of like taking care of something like a chore, to washing dishes. Because children today don't even wash dishes. They don't clean their rooms. They don't. 
or mow the grass. They don't shovel the snow because we don't put that responsibility on them. Yet we give them the latest Jordans. We sacrifice for them. Anyone that says anything to them that we don't like, even though we know they're knuckleheads, we cuss them out. So we spoil them, and this is how they grow up. And the first time that they come into trouble, they quit. Giving them the ability to learn how to deal with a problem and learn how to be responsible. This is the reality too. If your child is out there throwing snowballs at people's cars, and somebody get out there and touch your child out, or bring your child to your house and say your child's out there being uh, reckless, and you cut the man out and don't even say that to your child, he's going to grow up incapable of learning how to deal with problems. Simple as that. Sometimes you have to bite your tongue when your boss says something in order to keep your job. This is the reality. This is the nature of life. And if you don't like that, then learn how to go in business for yourself. Learn how to be an entrepreneur. Yet we criticize and laugh at the Muslims out there in some of the instances and always, and they're trying to be entrepreneurs. We laugh at them. We laugh at them. Yet they somehow know how to make wealth and know how to get money. Uh, we have come to the end of the show. If anyone has any questions, any comments, then we want to end it right here in Charlotte. Let me get back to our fasting and our family. May Allah says to Allah bless all of you with the highest level of success. The next show will be tomorrow night, inshallah. Um, you can you can find me on Facebook at uh, Nasir, N-A-A-S-R, Ubin, U-L, hyphen, D-E-N, or on Instagram at the underscore Muslim underscore director. If you know we're doing your movies now on, um, on YouTube, you can check the whole movie out. Support the movie. Uh, we're about to come out with Dino within the two. We're making it right now in the process. We're in the process of making cover girls. About four most famous living in Philadelphia. It's going to be a beautiful movie and a TV show called House of the Man, which is the Islamic version of Good Times. Inshallah, we need your support. You know, financially, if you have money to give a dollar, anything, just support us. Uh, we're trying to give Muslims their own TV shows to watch. You know what I mean? So we don't have to watch these cool far shows like. Uh, you know, the uh, ones that's out there that's promoting homosexuality and things like that. So, may Allah bless all of us with a successful Ramadan. And may He allow us to break our fast with success. May He allow our families to be healthy. If they're not healthy, may He bless them with good health. And may He bless the ones that are in the hospital today, now, this month, with good success and, and healthy, uh, uh, healthy lives and recovery. I mean, May he bless our children to go up to be righteous shapes in the new light of these things. Allahumma ameen. So, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless all of you who support the Muslims and don't be a supporter of the Catholic. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.